Hello and welcome to the new Juggling Podcast, now Juggling Podcast number 14, um, live from Berlin. Well, not really live. This time live. Yeah, this time live. Well, uh, not really, it's recorded, that's for the nature of the podcast, but um, I'm Luke, this is Paula. Hi. Yeah, great there. <laughs> you think you're just looking at the, the pretty pictures coming up on the computer, aren't you? Okay, well, uh, sorry for the... I saw them in the first time for my life. I know, it's great, but that's... Actually, I just want to mention that. Sorry for no podcast last week, and we were running a bit late the other weeks, and they were running really, really long as well. Um, but we've got a good excuse, because we've got a new flat now, which is taking... We up, have the new flat. We have the new that flat. That you talked about every single I know, podcast. But it's taking up a lot of our time. Uh, not just that. Another reason why I didn't want to uh, faff around doing computer stuff. Uh, I mean, not computer stuff, but podcast stuff last week. It's because... I got myself a new computer. Um, I've still had the same old computer that I bought in, I think, sort of 2000, still running Windows 98, and uh, good enough for most of the stuff that I was wanting to do, but now Windows XP came out. No, not XP. Windows Vista. And that means that the the version of 98, no, nothing is supported on 98 anymore uh, because it's, well, it's almost... uh, 10 years old and uh, XP is now the old version so what I did is I completely upgraded my computer I got a new um, processor much much quicker processor uh, a new um, video card uh, a new operating system as well now on XP so now what we're doing is recording this and I'm using a different program than before to record in which is uh, it's called Audacity um, and, uh, and now we're recording we can actually see the recording as it happens and Paul is completely fascinated by um, the different shapes it makes on screen. So let's just do a quick experiment here. So, 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 quiet. Yeah, that was wow. a, <laughs> a quiet, quiet, quiet. And then, yeah, so it's a bit... So it's great that we can see the different shapes. Let's get it. see if we can go for a not one-hour podcast this evening, okay? So, um... Oh, one other bit of news with computers and things Ooh. like that. Last week I forgot to update one of the RSS feeds, one of the things that makes podcasts work, and I've got two of them running there, doing exactly the same thing, and I thought that they were different formats, but they're not, they're actually exactly the same thing. So, one is called jugglingpodcast.rss.xml, I'm going to keep updating that one, the one that's just called jugglingpodcast.rss, I'm going to stop that. So if you think you're on that feed, um, you're not going to get any more podcasts anymore. You're going to have to transfer across to the other one. And if you're in iTunes or anything like that and you're not quite sure which one to go for, just click instead on... um you know, unsubscribe and subscribe again. The the one that's on iTunes, if you search for Juggling Podcasts or Luke Burge on iTunes, it does come up with the, the one that's going to co- keep being updated. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. So, um, should we move straight on to the podcast and actually talk about something juggling-related, Paula? Sure. Uh, first of all, I'm just going to uh, throw out there uh, an interview that I did with Victor Key. Finally, we're actually going to um, play this in here, uh, and it'll play for about 13 minutes. Now, this interview with Victor Key was it actually took about maybe 40 to 45 minutes of recording, um, and I've edited it down. I've cut out a lot of the stuff um, that he talks about, the workshops that he's I doing. His not because it wasn't interesting. It's not. Uh, it's great stuff. It's yeah, great stuff. But it sounded... But I guess it's because you just want to have a short yeah, interview. Yeah, a short interview, so I'll cut it down. So pretty much he just speaks about his career and how he developed his juggling act over the years and how it changed from when he first did it and 
you know some advice to jugglers and things like that and um if you want to read the full interview or like the the article that i wrote about that for the cascade magazine you can either read the full uh, interview in the cascade which of course is edited down quite a lot as well or you can also look at the uh, full interview on victor key's website which is victorkey.com and you click on press and you click on articles and you click on cascade interview um and then what happens is a completely blank page comes up because he's he's written it there and put it on his website with black text on a black page (laughs) so you've got to select like select it all and copy it into notepad or something like that so So it's it's just for people who know yeah it's just that's that is the secret secret interview yeah that is the secret you've got to you've got to select it all and you'll be able to see it there as well or he, he likes to keep it I, I think it's probably a mistake on his website, but I've but not... But you never told him? I, I only noticed the other, like, two days ago when I oh, actually okay. checked it. Um, also, because this was one of the first interviews I did, we didn't have a cool little mini-disc player. We just I just had, a like, a dictaphone on my MP3 player. Maybe you should say thanks again to... Oh, yeah, you. thanks to little Paul, who actually sent me that over as well. Yeah. We really love getting free stuff through the post. Um, <laughs> it's true. And fan posts. And fan posts as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, this interview is... It was recorded backstage, like, in the catering tent as well. So a lot of it was a bit unclear, like, a lot of the questions that I asked, because he was holding on to the dictaphone, and I'm sort of, like, in the background somewhere. So I've re-recorded the questions as well. So, um, yeah, here comes the uh, interview with Victor Key. Enjoy. Here I am backstage with Victor Key. Victor, let me uh, talk to you. Welcome. Hello, Luke. Okay, Welcome to Cirque. <laughs> so first of all, I asked Victor to take us right back to the very beginning and tell me uh, when he started juggling, how he started juggling, and uh, what his influences were when he uh, first began. I started my career when I was six years old uh, with the children's circus in Ukraine, Soviet Union, and uh, my teacher was a juggler. He juggled actually huge objects uh, like chairs and tables, nothing yeah. to do with what I do right now. Like a, a but juggler style. Yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, I, he showed me all the videos of Sergei Ignatov and uh, Dilauer and Kiss, Alexander Kiss and Violetta. And I grew up basically uh, on, on that kind of juggling. Uh, we didn't have a video access to that, so yeah. all the acts were written in the books trick by trick and so I just had to use my imagination like ballet notation ballet notation yes what kind of act they had and uh, my imagination created the visual uh, impact what I actually had about what is juggling about and when I was 11 I started performing as a juggler mostly traditional with clubs, rings and uh, balls in that same kind of Russian circus Russian, style. really yeah. Russian circus yeah. style, more, more or less like uh, Sergei Ignatov. I had a very long hair because of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then um, when I was 12, I said, okay, breakdance appealed to me, and I yeah. said, I started to uh, learn breakdance. And I took three balls, a little bit bigger than usual, like, yeah. and I uh, did three ball breakdance juggling yeah. act, which become very successful. I got in several festivals around children festivals, circus. Yeah around Soviet Union and then I went to a circus school in Kiev and met incredible teachers like uh, Arkady Pupon and uh, Alisa Kalashyan and Mikhail Rudenko and Nikolai Baranov and they all partially influenced me towards a different style and they say no you have to develop your own style and I just keep keep doing something different uh, use acrobatic and juggling learned dancing a lot, took some classes on dancing almost twice, three, three times a week. Yeah. 
and uh, graduated without act because I was not ready. I didn't yeah. even, even participate in a graduation uh, concert. But then two years later, I uh, was working on my act that uh, become the Victor Key that you know. So I said to uh, Victor that even though his main inspirations were the classical juggling scene and breakdancing, uh, when you see him on stage, he doesn't look like a, uh, a breakdancer and he doesn't look like a juggler. So I um, asked him to tell me where the, uh, the root of his image on stage really comes from. Uh, the context starts uh, actually with uh, some images that I like uh, around cinema and uh, some <coughs> artistic worlds. Yeah. I really like uh, not much of a uh, costume, not much of a colors around the costume. I, yeah. I do like a bit red and I like the flesh color and I uh, like simplicity all, as well. But And I like aliens. So when I become the very first version, I was like an alien, <laughs> almost nude with the veins coming out and start with a glass ball. The very, very first version a long time ago. But then that character would move just like that. So it, it couldn't really move like a traditional juggler because the alien would not move like traditional juggler. So it's kind of linked to that. So I separate and I try to find only movements, only tricks and only combinations and routines that would suit the particular character. And then after that I didn't like the alien because it was a little bit too cheesy, so I keep it a little bit more human and then this and that. But the, the, the selection of the tricks and routines and movements it became uh, in that yeah. style. And even now you actually you jump out of an alien in this show, in the, the Soleil show. Is it, do you still do that? There's a spider? A few years since I've seen you. I have to admit it's not my idea. Say aliens, but also I remember in the workshop you mentioned that to, to your starter you're at you, you were inspired by the film Terminator, how he comes out of a bubble and naked. You don't need to talk about this, but I just thought I'd, I'd drop this comment in there. Yeah, yeah, that was the first um, impact and first moment when I said, oh, I want to be that character on stage. Uh, you know, the, the naked guy that they, she just appears in the alley and has nothing around him and I decided wow this is just a great image that is to start from zero kind yeah. of you know and then develop something uh, and then go through something during the act and then come back to that uh, the, that character so basically anyway uh, it comes to the same thing yeah. you don't put any other trick that could be, use this character could move like or to to make a routine that should belong to that character it's not a really theater here, but we still have to stick to what we choose. Don't, yeah. don't, my idea is not to jump around the style, yeah. around and the act. And also, I guess, by, if you come from, from a character's point of view, nothing is by accident. No, no, nothing is by accident. If you, you cannot buy that kind of thing. You cannot ask your regisseur or your choreographer, say, oh, you have a great idea, thank you, I'll buy it from you. If you do that, you're going to lose something that you, you can risk that it's not going to be you. Yeah. And if it's not you, people will not... It will, eventually, people will feel it. You cannot develop it because it's not you. You have to kind of look for something that is inside of you and develop it. And stage has to be you. So uh, Victor Key's got his act together and he's performed it for the first time at the Paris uh, Circus Festival. So I, told, asked, well, I asked him to uh, tell me how he uh, took his act from there, what kind of work he did and how his act developed over time to the way that we know it now. Another story is that I, when I went to Paris competition in, yes. in the festival in, pa yeah, in Paris, I got the first contract with Moulin Rouge. 
Ah, okay. And I signed uh, right after the festival. After that, I went uh, to work in Pomdak and Circumstance. Okay. In New York and Atlanta. Then I went to Friedrichstadt Palast in Berlin for a year. Okay. I worked here, and where I actually start working with Seven Ball, Foot Five and Seven, because yeah. the stage was so big and it was nice to. And before that, you only worked with three balls. Only with three balls. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I do. Uh, my first wor version was only three balls. And after uh, Friedrichstadt Palast, I went uh, to New York, uh, working with another company, and uh, working in Las Vegas a bit and came back to Lido, okay. Lido de Paris. I worked there for a year. They changed the costume there, a little bit more nude, a little bit more uh, with a sex appeal, uh, erotic, because the show, show of Lido oh, kind of, of yeah. pushed to do that. So again, it's an involvement of the, of the character. Yeah, was sure. also where you work and you modify a little bit. Then, uh, after Lido, I had to break my contract there and went to Circus Soleil. Oh, okay. It was only in 99. Before that, I've been all around already. <laughs> okay, so, sorry about that. I should, have, I should have read that video that you're talking That's about on your website. No, I just got confused there. Um, so, you've been with Circus Soleil for uh, six, seven years now? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. And, uh, go on, make a guess. How many shows have you now done? Um, how many times have you performed this act now for Circus Soleil? Wow, for Cirque du Soleil, probably a little below 3,000. 3,000 times you performed yeah. that, okay. But, 3,000 times on stage for Cirque du Soleil, at the end of this year, what's happening? At the end of this year, I'm gonna leave this company because the Dryon show, the one I'm part of, decided to go to Japan. Ah. I have my own company right now with the artistic development and management, I have my studio. I, I cannot give up my future project just because ambitions to be in Service Away. For me, my future is not just Service Away. It was a great part of my career, alone, but yet very exciting. Yeah. Uh, very excited and um, I traveled the world four years in the States, three years in Europe, all the countries, so many people, so many fans. It's beautiful, it's beautiful, but it's time to move on with something different. And I have other shows to do, other sh companies to work for. Yeah. Uh, I, I prefer to leave than go to Japan. Contracts or one-off shows? Uh, to, uh, besides Cirque du Soleil? Yeah. Uh, no, I go into Tiani in Las Vegas for three months. Okay. I, go, I go in with Ursus and Nadeshkin for two months in Switzerland. I go uh, Friedrichstadt Palace asking for, uh, for a year contract. Maybe we'll do Intergarden one I never have done. Um, something that uh, I never done before, so I'd like to do it now. So, aside from being a uh, have his own production company, an artistic management uh, company, I asked Victor, what does he want to do as a performer? How long is he going to keep performing as a juggler? I think I'm going to perform a few more years um, uh, this act. Uh, I'm going to modify it for next uh, uh, shows after Cirque du Soleil because this version I pr proposed to them when I joined and we still keep going this version for almost seven years with all the girls uh, flying around me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <balls>. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, after that I'm gonna um, do a, a little bit different version, change it and develop another juggler that is coming. Yeah. I hope it's gonna be a sensation in the new wave but of juggling. How juggler. long do you think you're gonna be performing in the same style, looking like a, looking like a snake on stage and until and people really like it, like it until yeah. I feel confident on stage yeah. uh, I assume maybe 
two, three, four, max four years. Yeah. No more than that. Do you still want to keep performing as a juggler, just as a different style? Take After? It, no. Down no, 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 I'm not going to do that. No. It's going to be a, a, gra a graduation after career. And so, like I always like to do, I asked uh, Victor who was his biggest hero. My biggest heroes, wow. First of all, it's Francis Brun. Okay. If not this man, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Because he gave me the strength to just, whatever, take down, put down the clubs, rings, all of my other balls. Just yeah. put three balls in front of me and do something different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no spangles, no beautiful costumes, like something very simple, but something inside of you. Yeah. And that's what I saw in Francis Brun when I first saw him. Uh, on, on video, of course. Yeah. And what, that's what I said, I will do that. Not, of course, I am not far away, not Francis Brun, but since I met him and uh, really become very good friend with him before, and took all I, I can from that kind of personality. This is yeah. incredible. So I got, that was my the only big hero. The big hero. Yeah, the only the other heroes, of course, a lot of beautiful performers, and beautiful, and inspired. I, uh, I was, in, you know, really inspired by many performers. And my first teacher was really big, big help. Okay. Your first teacher's name? Your biggest hero? Mm -hmm. my biggest Alex hero? Gruzin. Alex Gruzin. I'm going to write it for you. This was an uh, incredible person. I mean, uh, without him, <laughs> he actually took me when I was six. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, yeah. until this, uh, when he said, well, when you're never nervous, then you give up. And I still remember that. I always nervous before the show. And you still uh, always nervous. Always, before always. I some before premiere. Some sometimes I want to puke. I'm so nervous. And uh, if there's a juggler in the audience, I'm gonna freak out. And it's normal. And I feel that's my way. And uh, I always remember my teacher saying, oh, "That's okay if you're nervous. Fine. Because one day when you think you're never nervous, then it's time to give up." So, uh, as well, I always like to ask uh, uh, all my interviewees what their message would be to other jugglers, one juggler to another. Uh, what's the, uh, the words that they would uh, love to leave with everyone uh, for other jugglers to think about? Ah, just one juggler to another. Uh, just uh, let's all together think about how our beautiful juggling world can be better. And we, uh, if we practice, we try to look how how we can develop something better than we already know and so on the video. If you see something in the video you love, it's beautiful to try it, but you have to know that when you put it on stage, you make it better than that. Yeah. It's more beautiful to improve on someone else. Yes. You think that? It's okay. fine to improve it on someone else, but you cannot copy it. And plagiarism is something I, I'm really <laughs> against to. <laughs> but I, I, I do believe that this is beautiful and it's uh, the, actually our industry, circus industry, yeah. going more theatrical and more beautiful for and for. And I'm really proud that you guys tell me that I'm part of it and, uh, because I see in the fan, fans and people that are inspired. I really um, so thank you for uh, being inspired and That's let me know. But thank you. Okay, thank you. Victor Key. So that was the interview with uh, Victor Key. Polo, did you enjoy the interview? No. You didn't hear it, did you? No. Okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll play it to you we later. We had on. a really fun bit after the interview, and Luke Delee wants to delete it because he 
said we are just waffling around. We did. We and went on for about three or f- funny. We went on for about three or four funny. minute about. That's not true. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on. So uh, uh, we really enjoyed um, getting uh, mail, emails and stuff like that. Please keep emailing us, luke at juggler.net, with your feedback about the show, any questions and things like that. Lots of people do have questions that I answer. There seems to be a lot of interest about or the... wishes uh, for other podcasts. Or wishes for other or podcasts. Or for interviews. And anything that, that you are want. possible. That any interviews that are possible, um, go for it. So anyway, we got this uh, email. Mainly good-looking guys. Yeah. yeah. To, to interview. No problem. Um, so anyway, this guy called Jeff someone I can't remember his name uh, he emailed us a, a while ago to ask some questions about being professional performers being professional jugglers and uh, and then he emailed me again I said don't wait we'll answer some of your questions on the podcast um, so first of all he said great podcast he'd been waiting for a juggling podcast for and it's always great to start off your emails by saying hey good podcast because that means we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely get onto some of your questions and points um, on the and podcast if you don't like it say okay not a good podcast yeah, but then we we won't answer your email. <laughs> of course we will. Yeah, okay. Um, so, uh, anyway, it Jeff... There's a reason for it. Yeah, anyway, so Jeff, he says, I want to juggle for a living. Um, but he says there's not enough money out there to and juggle for a living. And he asks Luke I know. Advice. This is the thing. This is the thing. Now, all of anything that I'm going to say now does come from someone who... Now, I'm, I would always Look call myself... a rich girlfriend. Yeah, I would always... <laughs> rich girlfriend. Working hard for her money. I would just say that I'm not, like, I, I am a professional juggler in one way, but I'm not a fantastically successful professional juggler, and I make no bones about it. You know, I do probably perform about, uh, you know, I'd say only about half as much as I need to and do as much performing as as I really need to to, to make a full living purely as a juggler. Uh, it comes from having, you know, living together and um, performing with Pola as well. And me and Pola together, when we perform, we do make more money. But as a solo performer, solo artist, I don't make a huge amount. So and again, find yourself, yeah, find a, yourself girlfriend. a girlfriend um, who who also works. And I, yeah, I just got to be open about that. It's when you start off, when you're starting to become a professional juggler wanting to do it full time it it doesn't happen overnight it just doesn't work out that way but you say there's not enough money out there to you know to be, make you know work make your main job a professional juggler i think there is enough money out there it's just you've got to find it i think there's probably more people out there willing to pay you money to juggle or jugglers to juggle than they know you know i actually uh, um think you know j- a lot of people think that they want something for an, an event and they don't know what it is. If you actually get your, the word out there, get your promotional material out there, if work will come your way. But it does take, like I say, a lot of work. We've spent, what, a few years now putting together, uh, well, a year since we for, first performed our Art of Juggling Act. And before that, years and years and years of me learning how to perform. Um, in the, the Cascade a, a while ago, there was this uh, interview with... Um, a French juggler called Jerome Thomas, who's a like a, a legendary juggling artist. And he says, 10 years, you'll spend just 10 years becoming a good juggler. And you'll be an amateur. You'll just be learning how to juggle, getting the skills that you need to juggle. And then he says, another 10 years after that, you'll be learning how to perform and putting together an act. And he says, and then the 10 years after that is when you'll ma- make your name for yourself as a great performer. So Do you still have four years to go? Well, he says it's it's pretty much at least a 20 to 30 year journey from starting to juggle to be to becoming a great performer. 
Okay. Like with me, with an artist. Yeah, I mean, to become an artist, you spend years and years and years working, and it'll slowly develop over time. And that's what I did. I started juggling for the first time when I was like 11 or 12 years old or something like that. And a lot of that time wasn't juggling, but from the time I was uh, about 14 um, or... Yeah, about 14, I decided that I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be a, a professional performer, so I signed up to do performing arts at school, which was a GCSE, meant absolutely nothing, but it did then let me go on to do a full-time performing arts course for two years at college, um, where I learned a lot, and I started juggling a lot more. And then I went to university, not just to do performing, but music as well. Um, and then I started performing with juggling as well, and that... That was then the start of this sort of 10-year period that I think I'm going through at the moment to become uh, like a, a great performer or to become a really good professional performer. And uh, I first started performing, I guess, late 2000, 2001. 2003 was the first time I put together an act which I thought was really, really like a standout act which could stand up alongside any other juggling act, which is a th my three-ball and video act. When people saw that, I had more good reactions from that than anything else, and people have told me since that they think it was more of like a like a landmark juggling act in the British juggling scene as well. They can sort of divide, uh, you know, they can look at like different performances before and after that. The same as maybe like the the glow club routine, the first time the programmable glow clubs had ever been used in 2000 by um, feeding the fish. You know, it was another one of those moments where you see something new on stage and you think, yeah, that's going to, that's sort of like maybe new direction. And it was quite interesting to, to hear my three ball and video performance sort of compared in that way. But it took, you know, it takes a lot, a lot of work to actually get yourself a unique style so people say hey I want to book you to juggle at my festival you to juggle at my street show event or you to be at my you know that kind of thing if you do you get what I mean pony you know it takes a it takes a lot of work to actually put this you know to put this work into to getting a unique thing and it does take um, a lot of time so how do you do it I would suggest Learn how to juggle, but also learn how to perform. And the way you learn how to perform is by performing as much as you possibly can. If there's a stage, get up there and juggle. If there's a stage, get up there and do your thing, you know? At any kind of juggling convention, offer to perform. Um, a great thing that I I think is great is to actually offer to perform at a juggling convention. They say yes, and then you've got to put together the best act you can. And I always encourage as many people to get up there to perform. If it's not your thing, you'll find out after maybe five or six performances, because your first one probably be, probably won't be all that good. Same with the street show stuff. Your first street show won't be any good, but, you know, you get in there and it'll get better. Mine and Polar's first time we performed our street show, it was, you know, it was all right, but we realized straight away that there were some major flaws in it and the second time we performed it we swapped things around and it got a lot better right away didn't it Polis you can't just you can't just yeah but I even around. enjoyed the first one. Oh, the first one was fun you know it was a great sh it was a good show and we had a lot of fun doing it but um, I remember because what we do is we have our art of juggling routine which is painting and juggling and stuff like that and we also have like the dangerous bit which is me doing knife juggling on a roller bowler and we did the knife juggling first on the roller bowler and then finished off with the art of juggling with the painting stuff. Oh, yeah, true. We and, completely uh, changed it. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, and, and it was great. But after we did the art of juggling, people went... Uh, no, after I did the, the knife juggling on the roller bowler, everyone went, wow, that was good. And then, like, walked off and didn't stick around for the rest of the show. Whereas now what we do is I do my... Uh, we do the art of juggling like together. the whole time we yeah. talk about, we the, talk big about the big finale. We talk about the big finale. And the big finale, compared with our art of juggling routine... 
it's a bit crap. It's just me on it's a roll of... It's, it's pure street show, but that's what you've got to do. It. You'll only find this stuff out by... by Trying. Juggling, yeah, and juggling. And when you're juggling on stage at a convention, you'll perform for the first few times, and about five times in, you'll realise, actually, what I need to do is cut back on the technical ability and also come up with a way of picking up on stage, because you're going to drop on stage. So pick up and find cool ways to pick up. And if you're doing a duo act like me, like me and Polo do, we, we know at any point in our art of juggling routine, if anything goes wrong, exactly where we go to. We sort of just need to look at each other and we pick it up. And the new routine and the new act that we're still working on at the moment, it's most important that any time we drop, we always say, in this situation, we'll go there and we can carry on. Or I just need to say one word, like one count, and we get, go to that part of the routine. Um, but yeah, it's not so much about the juggling. as find find something unique. Um, I've done a few workshops which is which are called um, creative performance ideas or creative juggling act ideas I think that's the thing that you need to do you need to find that extra something to go into your juggling act which really makes it stand out the interviews that we did last week with Taras he was always saying that yeah you need that extra thing you need to put a bit more into a juggling routine it's not just throwing and catching it's also um, and sometimes not catching it's also <laughs> it's also uh, about the idea behind it and if you've got a strong idea it doesn't matter how much you drop the act can still be great uh, a great act uh, yeah, also he asked, travelling, you do a lot of travelling, that's quite expensive, how do you do that? Well, that's a great thing about what we do. Like, last year, uh, I can't remember, you know, I earned like thousands and thousands and thousands of euros um, of for doing juggling, but then we also spent thousands of euros travelling as well. you earned? Well, we earned as a couple as well, like that. Yeah, but we you are... said you earned. Okay, well, some of it some of it was me, a lot of it was the two of us, um, but Most uh, of it. but then, like, we did go up to Stockholm and for the for the pass-out convention, that was about a thousand euros for that whole trip, wasn't it? It was, it was quite a bit of money, so it was quite oh, no. it was quite a chunk it was at least 800 or something like 500. that yeah but it was a great holiday but a lot of the travelling we do we make sure that the that the, the the work that we do covers it and pretty much I don't go to any juggling convention unless they're going to cover my costs and pay extra on top because I'm a professional juggler so uh, once you if you get a small name for yourself, or if you get a bit of your name for yourself performing for like at juggling conventions, they will pay you to go and perform. Now, of course, straight away they won't pay you to fly you from America to the UK or to Europe to America or something like that. But after a few years, those offers will come in, and you can do it. Um, I've been to America twice; that then they paid me to go across there. Australia once, around Europe, loads of different times as well. This year we're going to Israel um, too. Uh, I've been there before, but I paid for that myself. Um, but yeah, and someone who's uh, who's not been juggling as long as me and is coming up sort of like becoming another uh, a name for himself in the juggling scene is Norby. He's going across to America this time. He's been across there a few times himself to the to the WJF um, uh, competitions. He's always paid his own way, and now he's uh, being paid to go over there. Really? Yeah, Norby's going oh, across. Know. You know the show that I did like two years ago, the the Rochester yeah. convention. He's going, he's going to the Rochester convention now That's as well, cool. and he's been paid. To come over to Europe a number of times to various conventions as well so travelling it is expensive but um, but it can pay for itself or that they'll you know people will be happy to pay for you to come over if you can give them a complete package if you think 
you know they'll pay you what like two yeah, like a thousand dollars some workshops as yeah well. also yeah just a full pack yeah that's what it's just a, that's what i say hosting a show being able to host a show is great being able to host games is great do workshops is great that's literally what me and polo do now we can go to a convention we can uh, i can do some workshops um we can host the games i can host a show we'll perform in the show i mean it's that's the kind of thing that you need to put in so people actually like say hey come along to our convention and also festivals like if you do street show festivals like me and Polo are going to be doing this year uh, again of course they're going to pay for you to come along they'll put you up in a hotel it's actually quite cool um, the final question he asks is what about retirement and old age what are you going to do when you're old well all I can say is that I'm not too worried about um, old age and retirement at the moment Ooh, because I, I should be and I am in a way but I know that and I'm confident and I uh, and I believe that I'm a good enough performer that within the next 10 years I'm going to have my own theatre company and be running my own shows and producing my own shows um, full time I'm going to ha- be having maybe hopefully I'm, I'm looked about 10 years time I'll be having uh, a good few people working for me as well and actually performers that I'm paying to be in my show and I don't see a problem now of not looking into the time when I'm 70 when I'm not going to be performing anymore I'm talking that's like another what 45 years in the future 45 years in the future now I could look there but I'm not worrying about that now in 10 years time I can start worrying about that but I personally don't believe the the world financial system and all the pensions and things that you can pay into I don't I, it's just a personal belief probably a bit political of me as well I don't believe that uh, that kind of thing is going to help people in in 45 years time um because i i don't think the current pension system the way it is at the moment is going to survive that long um so uh, i would rather invest now not into a pension scheme but into skills into products into things that i can sell later on so that's my that's my retirement old age plan is investing not into a pension fund but into other things now um so uh yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, we've gone on quite a lot about Joseph's one email. I think we should next time do a video podcast right. so that you can see my facial expressions. While you I'm not even. Mommy. I'm not even looking at you, but I, you know, it's just my views. I'm setting them out there anyway. Um, news this weekend: Dresden Convention. We don't go to many juggling conventions in Germany. Like three last year, wasn't it, or something? Mm, yeah, maybe. Uh, Dresden. We're going to go this year. Not performing or anything. We're just getting a, a, a big group of us, like seven of us, in the van driving down there. Going to have a great weekend. Um, I'm going to get a few more interviews as well um, for the podcast too. Stefan Zing is going to be there, so I'm going to get an interview with him. <laughs> it's been really hard. I've been, been emailing each other, and then his emails stopped working for like two weeks. Um, but that's that, what he said. That's what he says, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but we'll be getting an interview with uh, Stefan, or at least arranging when we can get an interview. So maybe that'll come next week, and uh, yeah, and getting other stuff as well. And finally, I just want to say um, video of the week. I always look at uh, I look at uh, some juggling videos. I've, I've started looking at less and less, but if they get good responses, I do look at them. And uh, in the past week, two videos have really stood out. The one that we I watched yesterday was it yesterday or this morning? Anthony Gatto yeah. um, doing his thing. And it's just amazing. I just, you know, no matter what anybody says about Anthony Gatto, he is just far and away the best juggler there's ever been and ever will be. And it is a joy to watch someone who's juggling. He's doing seven balls, 14 back crosses with seven balls, which is just, it's just absolutely bonkers. Also, he was, he's always said in the past, uh, sight swaps, you know, juggling has to come from the heart, not from the head. And this latest video is doing... The heart! Yes, yeah, it's got to come from here. Um... 
and Hi, Sean. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and this time we just does loads of side swaps, and it's fantastic side swaps that I've not really seen and not really quite sure. No, they're not really side swaps so much because you're just throwing them high and then throwing them low again. So um, the timing, weird timing stuff, but he does do quite cool stuff. Uh, and also a, a video which looks like a, I think it was a few years old from. Uh, it's called Kukul some something like that some, from some Finnish guys Peter Arberg and um, oh, Elias Headland. Did no, I, I showed you a while ago. Anyway, oh. these guys throwing clubs around, and I just really impressed with that. It's it's they're made by the same guys, or this, featuring the jugglers from uh, Nine to One Nordic Objects, and I think filmed at the same time. But some really really great stuff there. So those are my two videos of the wing, videos of the wing, videos of the week. And um, and I'll put links to all of this stuff um, on the on the blog uh, on lukeburridge dot com forward slash thing on the net. Maybe and you should promote my webpage so that the people buy pictures <laughs> so that we can still do podcasts. Okay. When you don't earn enough money for the <laughs> Okay, maybe something <laughs> like that. Um, so yeah, anyway, there's a link on my website to Polar's website as well. So. Um, if anyone wants to buy some cool pictures. Uh, so, uh, any any final words, Polly? World peace! Okay, we're going for world and, peace today. And we had snow today. Yeah, and now it's blue sky it's again. Snow and sun. Uh, later this evening, we're going to go off and actually film uh, quite a few bits and pieces for our new juggling show. That and we're we take some photos of the flat so that you can see how it's going on. Yeah, we're, uh, they're knocking in windows today. and Window sounds wrong. What it's the? inside. Okay, they're knocking ho- big holes. holes in walls. And we did painting and we set up this sort of studio shoot for, mm. for a studio. And yesterday, or actually in the last three days, I've managed to break three lights by knocking them over and, and the them falling over. And the best thing is, when I said, please, Luke, be careful, he got really annoyed with me. Like, <laughs> three, really? Like, three, I've broken three lamps. So out, they went out this morning and spent about 20 euros on, on new bulbs and things like that. But we were going to film it last night, but I broke too many lights and we didn't have enough light. But this evening, we will get this filming done, take a load of more photos. And uh, and then that's pretty much the bulk of our new show called Tonight. I think that's what we're calling it, isn't it? Tonight. Uh, and, we're to, and we're performing that for the first time at the Israeli convention. Uh, but that's all coming together really well. So uh, more news on that and other things and more interviews and more cool stuff next week on uh, Juggling Podcast number 15. See you then. Stop kissing people. I can do what I want. I can do what you want.